Let's lift our hands right now. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. I cannot add anything to what pastor said this morning, but I have some thoughts that I want to share with you. It is so easy when you hear preaching on the baptism of the Holy Ghost to tune out. That would be a dangerous mistake. I want to talk just for a few minutes tonight because I believe that I know there are people in this house maybe that haven't received the Holy Ghost, but the majority of us have. So how come we don't feel the same vigor and vim and fire that we felt? And that's what I want to talk about tonight. I believe that the Lord is yearning to help us. Everybody say he wants to. I believe that. I believe that he does. I believe that he is hungry to strengthen us. I believe it is his desire. He said, fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And you know what the kingdom is? Righteousness, peace. Everybody say peace. Joy in the Holy Ghost. And we know very well that we have an enemy That is going to try to prevent us from keeping what God has given us. And so I, I, I wish everybody could have come back tonight because, you know, when we, we, we look at people that have just been baptized in Jesus name and they don't, they don't have a clue about the experience they can have. If they will just, if they will just reach out and let God. And so we sing songs and we worship and we encourage everybody to pray and praise and lift up the name of Jesus. And, and, uh, we, we, we try to get folks to get involved and say, come on, praise him, worship him. Why? Because the scripture says he has given us the garment of praise for the spirit of heavy. So I want us to go to Galatians 5 and 1 because I don't want just to talk about it. I want the Lord to do it for us tonight. Everybody say, do it for me, Jesus. I'm just going to just go to the word of the Lord. It says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Everybody say the yoke of bondage. Is it possible once having been baptized in Jesus' name, once having tasted of the powers to come, that you can get all tangled up again? Yes, it is. And the Bible is very specific about how to get untangled. I want you to visualize a runner that's getting ready to run a marathon. And the difference in a marathon and a sprint is distance, speed, and terrain. A sprint is a controlled dash. You can do that fast. They generally put it on a track. And you can see the people you're running with and against. Even in a relay, there will be someone come up behind you and you pass the baton and that gives you a break. But when you're doing a marathon, they may not necessarily control. Depending on where you are, you, you you might be 
climbing up a couple mountains and going down through some there is there is an, an event where people run against horses i know i've never heard of anything like it in my life and horses weren't made for long distances and they proved that these people that are running can outrun a horse over a period of time well our race is going to last our lifetime so this is not a sprint you don't all of a sudden get woo and then you're done okay i'm finished let's go i'm done let's go to the next thing nope there's Monday morning work and there are personal relationships. And so these are the things that, that hit us hard. And before I go any further, I want to go to Ezekiel 47, 8 through 9, because I want to talk about the gift God gave us. Ezekiel 47, verses 8 through 9, and it says, and you can read it in your Bible, and I'm going to just stop for just a minute. Lord, let these words fall into our hearts and meet us here. Meet us and refresh us. We are waiting on you, and we are going to pronounce the words you have given until your spirit rains down from on high like you did with Cornelius. People who'd never been a church in their life, there was no keyboard, no drums, no offering, no seats, no decor. They were in somebody's house in the first century, a, a Roman centurion, and he'd been fasting and praying because he wanted to know you, and you sent an answer. Hear us. Ezekiel 47, 8 through 9, then said he unto me, this is an angel that Ezekiel saw in a vision, and this angel is talking to him. These waters issue out toward the east country. You know where those waters were coming from? They were coming from the temple. Everybody say, I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. Mm. This water is not going to run from a pool up in the ruins of Jerusalem. He was seeing a New Testament church full of water. These waters issue out toward the east country and go down to the desert. Everybody say, into the dry place. And go into the sea. Oh, that's a whole lot of water. Water from the temple runs just everywhere. And you know what the sea refers to in the New Testament? People. The water that issues from me runs into all kinds of people. And they go into the sea being brought forth into the sea. And he's saying, when the water from the temple touches the water in the sea, guess what happens to the water in the sea? Say it out loud. Those waters shall be healed didn't say if you'll drag your family into the church. He said, if you will bring the water that's in you to the people around you, I'll heal them myself from you to them. I'm not saying we don't have to get to church because where else are you going to hear this? If you don't come to church, you're not going to hear it anywhere. You're not going to get it at McDonald's. Somebody may drink from what you bring when you pass through getting your Diet Coke. But if you're going to fill up, you're going to have to come to a place where there's plenty of water. And it starts at the temple, at the temple and flows. There's a flow. Everybody say there's a flow. And it shall come to pass that every 
thing that liveth. And in case you didn't know what that meant, he said, everything that liveth which moveth. If it if it's alive, it. And it called it an it. Anybody seen a few it's talking about pronouns? He said, everything that liveth, that moveth, wherever the rivers shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of, say it, fish. And Jesus said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Because these waters shall come thither. They shall be healed. And everything shall live where the river comes. So your next question is, what's in the river? What is in the river? Hebrews 12 and 1. Ezekiel didn't have the gift of the Holy Ghost, neither did Daniel. None of the Old Testament prophets, nobody in the Old Testament ever felt the presence of God from the inside out. He breathed on them. He shook them. They heard him. Elijah the prophet, after that great revival against Jezebel's prophets, fled, got to a mountain, and all of a sudden while he was there, the ground shook. And he stood there. And the wind. A howling, dark wind. And suddenly, fire! Big noise, big sound, big moment. The Lord wasn't in any of it. No production. But then a sweet, small voice. Quiet. Said, Elijah, why are you here? I'm asking you, why'd you come? This salvation, this water doesn't do us a stinking bit of good. If it's not flowing. We are no different than anybody out there that's dying of thirst if the water doesn't flow. So why doesn't it flow? Hebrews 12.1. Seeing we also are compassed about, that means we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Here we go. Let us lay aside every what? Weight. Every weight and what? Sin. Two things that stop the river. I am weighted down. I am just so weighted down. I don't have any praise. I don't have victory. Why are you weighted down? And Elijah was weighted down and the Lord said, what's wrong? And he said, I'm the only one. Every human being on the face of the planet has always said, nobody knows what I'm going through but me. We do not come to church to be part of the choir, sing in the praise team, or play the drums, find your ministry, and build your personality. We come here for one reason, to drink. Because there's no water out there. 
And when you walk out of church the way you came into church after you've received the Holy Ghost the first time and there's no flow, no joy, no peace, no lifting of the burden, you know something has dammed up that river because it's supposed to flow. Jesus said, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly will flow rivers. I want you to close your eyes right now, Lord. And if you can turn some of these lights down off my face. Uh, I'm sorry, those of you that are at home, you, you can hear my voice. inviting the presence whatever you've got going on whatever your weight is it may be totally legitimate I want you to know I'm not making fun of anybody's burden here some of y'all got parents kids you got special needs health needs I just got a text a dear precious friend said they found tumors in my body and I texted her in between choir practice and and service Uh, I I can't brush that off but let me tell you something I can't carry it either it it affects my joy so I'm going to have to lay it aside I'm going to have to lay it down We're going to have to have a committal service. And I just feel the Holy Ghost so strong right here. Before I read another scripture, I just want us to say. I just want us to say. In and out of situations. The tug of war at me. come to church and for a sacred moment no doubt can interfere he's here I'm in the
I just have to stop right here with your eyes closed. Bitterness will stop the flow. Unforgiveness, anger, jealousy. The Bible said, and Brother Momin preached a long lesson on bitterness. The answer to the circumstance that produced bitterness is not to change the circumstance because God is not going to change it. He said, I'm going to give you grace. A lot of times when people get bitter at God and each other, they say, I don't want your grace. I want you to, to change where I am. And you know what happens to the water that flowed so freely when you danced and shouted the first time you received the Holy Ghost? It slows to a trickle and we get dry. We say bitterness is not my problem. We've just been hammered with so much. The Bible said, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. You know what? We can call out people all day long. We know your needs, but you know what it does for you when you acknowledge and say, I need prayer. What you've done is you've caught the Lord's eye because you moved. He's been waiting. I feel like right now that I don't need to belabor this. If you've got to wait, I'm not asking you to identify what it is. The Lord has been talking to me. We want to compare crosses right now. Mine's a little bit heavier than than I ever dreamed I could carry. I need this. I need the river. One time, I'm just going to tell you, I was. We were pastoring in Lono with brother and sister Joe Strand, and I had to learn that sometimes it doesn't matter who's pastoring; that people choose to live for God or not according to what's growing in them before I ever got to them. And, oh, I wept and cried over some folks. I, I, I sobbed. I was so disturbed because I could see that there were things that were not being dealt with and issues and problems, and it just had me bound to the ground. And I literally lay curled up in a fetal position on the floor of my bedroom, weeping, just weeping, because I could not save them. I didn't consider what it was doing to me to be so twisted up in somebody else's issue. And the Lord opened my eyes while I was laying in the floor and I saw myself four years old running barefoot through a beautiful meadow of wildflowers with a mountain in the distance. And I... And that little girl turned to me just as plain as day and looked me in the face with a big grin, little freckles across her face, and said, come play with me. I was like, it's been so long since I felt like laughing or playing or anything. Suddenly my prayer shifted from God help them to God help me. And the presence of the Lord is in the house. I can't baptize you, but he'd like to again. But I'm going to tell you what you'll have to do, just like every one of these penitents had to choose to put on or take off their clothes and put on a robe that was provided and walk barefoot down into water and entrust themselves to a shepherd. So you will have to, and I will have to choose to let go 
of the emotions of hurt and anger and bitterness. You say, well, you don't know what they did. I'm telling you, it's not about that person. The choice is not between you and them. It's between you and Jesus. Because you can't live without water. You can't live without it. You can't live without it. You cannot live without water. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, somebody needs to lift their hands right now and sing, here's my cup, Lord. I lift it. I lift it up, Lord. I'm laying down my bitterness. I've got to let it go.
The Song of Solomon is a love poem, they say. And in a place there, it said, my beloved was knocking at the door, and I said, I can't get up. I've already washed my feet. And then I felt bad, and I went to the door. He'd already slipped away. So I went outside looking for him. He's not outside. And she took a beating looking for him. She was willing to suffer pain to find him. I'm telling you now, there's a yearning in the Holy Ghost right now. He's calling us. He's calling us. Not only did Paul say to the Hebrews, you're going to have to lay aside what's depressing you, whether it's family or friends. You say, I'd never give up Jesus for my family, but I'm so depressed I don't worship. I don't speak in tongues. I don't, I don't have any joy in my life. Well, guess what? The river's not flowing from the temple anymore. It's not flowing anymore. I, I, close your eyes. Let's close our eyes. I'm telling you, the Lord has come to his temple and he's looking for water. He's looking for it. He's looking for it. There's supposed to be a pool here. Where's the pool? I gave you a well. Where's your well? What? What's in it? What's floating around in that water? He said, I want you to lay aside weight and sin. Outright sin. It's that unrepented hidden sin affects me mentally and emotionally it 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 gnaws at me it's going to destroy me because i don't feel safe to tell the truth oh my god if we can't tell the truth in this house we are damned there is no other place to go but here to be honest I wonder how many people are going to go to hell because they were too proud to ask for help. How many people will starve to death? I can't bear it. I cannot bear it. I can't. Not while there's water and blood. Some things, Paul said, I'm going to have to commit. I'm going to have to commit. I know in whom I have believed and I am going to have to Believe he's able to keep which I've committed unto him. So the weights, my family that's just dragging me down to the ground. Uh, Lord, I'm going to have to give them to you. I can't carry them. I can't run anymore. I'm going to give you my grandma. I can't heal her. I'm going to give you that boy, my dada, my mama, my girl. I'm going to give you my girl. That's horrible. That's horrible. No, I, one of us has got to be saved so we can stand on the porch in case they come home. But I can't go with you there. I got to have joy every day and peace like a river. That's my salvation. I can't live in the hell of someone else's choices. I got to have the Holy Ghost to sing me to sleep and wake me up every day. But then some things I've got to keep. Paul said, God's got to keep some things. But Timothy, you're going to have to keep some other things. That good thing which was committed to you, you keep it by the Holy Ghost. 
There's only one way to overcome sin is to confess it to God, not to me, and say, God, you know what's going on in my life, in my heart. I've done it again. I'm going to have to ask you to forgive me. Say, I don't need to do that. The Lord knows my heart. That's no confession, y'all. That's no confession. We're the ones that need confession. God doesn't need it. He does know. He went looking for Adam so Adam would say, I did what you told me not to do. Because he knew if you'll say the words, I've already got a coat over here to cover you up, but I cannot cover what you will not reveal. Oh my God. Help. Jesus said, verily I say unto you, whoever commits sin is the servant. It, how long does it take before a servant becomes a slave? Say, well, I don't know how to get over it. Well, Peter said, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. I'm going to give you a clean slate, a clean slate, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to go in there, and once you're clean, he said, I need you to let me fill you up, or if you stay empty for long, you're going to fill back up with something worse than what was in you when you went down in the water. I cannot afford space in my life. I got to have Jesus. And what about Sister Shostrand? I've already been baptized. I already spoke in tongues once and I messed up. First John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to do what? Forgive. And then he does not leave us there sitting in it. He washes. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I've talked about weights and I've talked about sins. Uh, It's only 6 o'clock right now. Not even quite. There's an opportunity for everyone here to build an altar and pray till the tears are rolling down your cheeks and heaven is speaking through your tongue. Or we can all leave and go get a hamburger. Walk out just like we can.